1: North Korea launches ICBMs in response to the U.S. and South Korea training exercises.
2: Both the U.S. and South Korea to threaten to
1: end the Kim regime. And MSNBC presidential historians suggest if the GOP win the midterms, children will be arrested
3: and conceivably killed. Democrats are getting, quote, destroyed in their midterm political messaging. That's not according to Republicans. That's the assessment of California's Governor Aquanet, Gavin Newsom.
1: Economists predict inflation will put a damper on holiday shopping.
3: Inflation has been absolutely astronomical.
1: This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Friday, November 4th. I'm Mike Scott. On Thursday, both the U.S. and South Korea came together and warned the North against the use of any kind of nuclear weapon. The defense officials went so far as to state that should the North use any kind of nuclear weapon against Seoul or other regional allies, it would result in the end of the Kim regime. The dire warning came on the heels of North Korea launching more than two dozen missiles over the last two days in response to the joint military exercises of the U.S. and South Korea. Evan Lambert of News Nation reports that the North launching ICBMs is a major escalation.
2: South Korean news agency is reporting the intercontinental ballistic missile test failed. That has not been confirmed by U.S. or South Korean defense officials. But this is a major escalation, prompting both the U.S. and South Korea to threaten to end the Kim regime if North Korea were to use nuclear weapons.
1: Lambert reports that the U.S. believes it is doing enough to deter North Korea
2: from going nuclear. So, what is an ICBM? It's a missile powered initially by rocket, which can be equipped with a nuclear or conventional warhead. Long range, with a minimum distance of more than 3,400 miles. But they can fly much further than that range. North Korea is believed to have the ability to reach the U.S. territory of Guam. The tensions spiked Wednesday after North Korea fired a record 23 missiles in one day. For the first time, one landed off the coast of South Korea. In a news conference with his South Korean counterpart, Austin says he believes the way the U.S. is responding to the missile tests is enough to deter North Korea from going nuclear.
1: Lambert goes on to explain that North Korea is none too happy about the joint military exercises
2: being held by the U.S. and South Korea. And neither the U.S. nor South Korea have said how long their military exercises will last, but Pyongyang has called the drills, quote, an awful mistake. Defense
1: Secretary Lloyd Austin says the exercises reflect the seriousness with which
4: the allies view the North Korean missile launches. We're returning to large-scale exercises to strengthen our combined readiness and our ability to fight tonight if necessary.
1: Austin says the U.S. and South Korea are united and resolute in their stance toward North Korea.
4: Our commitment to defending the ROK is ironclad. Uh, We strongly condemn uh, the the DPRK's uh, irresponsible uh, and reckless uh, activities. As we said before, these kinds of activities are destabilizing to the region.
1: The U.S. Defense Secretary also says allies are taking action in
4: response to the North Korean missile launches. I've consulted with Minister Lee, and we've decided to extend Vigilant Storm, which is our long-scheduled combined training exercise, to further bolster our readiness and interoperability. South Korean
1: Defense Minister Lee Jong-sup says through a translator that the Allies are taking the North's launches seriously.
5: Secretary Austin and I assess the daily advances of DPRK nuclear and missile threats as a grave security challenge to the peace and stability, not only on the Korean Peninsula and in the Northeast Asia, but for the international community. And in order to practically deter and respond to such threats, we agreed to further strengthen the alliance capabilities and posture.
1: At that same news conference, the defense secretaries say their two countries are united and resolute in their stance.
5: Any nuclear attack by the DPRK, including the use of tactical nuclear weapons, is unacceptable and result in the end of Kim jong Un regime by the overwhelming and decisive response of the alliance. This is a strong warning against the DPRK.
1: Meantime, the defense minister echoed what many are saying in the South, that allies would like to ease tension with North Korea.
5: Along with the efforts of the alliance to deter and respond to DPRK nuclear threats, Secretary Austin and I pledged to encourage DPRK to choose denuclearization and the path for a brighter future. We also pledged to continue our cooperation to achieve a complete denuclearization of North Korea.
1: Will Ripley, an international correspondent, explains why, in his opinion, the North is able to get away with the missile testing.
0: So why, Brianna, does Kim Jong-un feel like he can just do this without any consequences? Well, simple. He knows that China and Russia have veto power at the United Nations Security Council, and he knows that Xi and Putin are in no mood to work with the West and the U.S. right now on punishing Pyongyang uh, as they bolster their own authoritarian alliance. And he knows that President Biden's eyes are focused on Ukraine and the upcoming midterm elections, which raises a lot of questions about what does he have planned next? Maybe that seventh underground nuclear test.
1: According to new polling, white suburban women, who are a key group of voters, have really shifted their support from Democrats to Republicans in recent weeks due to rising concerns about inflation and crime. The polling suggests that they favor Republicans in key congressional races nationwide by 15 percentage points, showing a monumental shift as in a separate poll back in July, the same demographic group supported Democrats by 12. Guy Benson of Town Hall points to California Governor Gavin Newsom, who says that Democrats are losing the messaging battle as proof that Democrats know they're in trouble come the midterms.
3: Democrats are getting, quote, destroyed IN THEIR MIDTERM POLITICAL MESSAGING, THAT'S NOT ACCORDING TO REPUBLICANS, THAT'S THE ASSESSMENT OF CALIFORNIA'S GOVERNOR AQUANET, GAVIN NEWSOM, WHO ALSO CLAIMS HE'S TOTALLY NOT RUNNING FOR PRESIDENT IN 2024. AS YOU MAY KNOW, NEWSOM'S BEEN OFFERING QUITE A LOT OF UNSOLICITED ADVICE TO HIS PARTY AHEAD OF NEXT WEEK'S MIDTERM ELECTIONS, AND IN A RECENT INTERVIEW OVER AT CBS NEWS, HE ACTUALLY SEEMED PRETTY ANGRY ABOUT THE DIRECTION THINGS ARE GOING.
0: IT GOES TO MY FUNDAMENTAL GRIEVANCE WITH MY DAMN PARTY getting crushed on narrative. We're going to have to do better in terms of getting on the offense and stopping on the damn defense.
3: Some dams. He's very angry. So with Democrats on the verge of suffering losses in the midterm elections, is Newsom trying to set himself up as the one man who can save his party, and for that matter, the nation?
1: Fox News commentator Steve Hilton says that Democrats' prospects look so bad that they are preemptively pointing fingers at why they'll lose.
0: Watching the Democrats engage in all these pre-mortems, you know, they haven't even lost yet. They're blaming each other. There's another similar story in the front page of the New York Times today. They're all sort of complaining about the messaging, whereas in fact there isn't any messaging that can persuade voters to ignore the reality, which is the consequence of the far-left policy agenda that they've been pushing.
1: The polling comes on the heels of President Biden's primetime speech, which allege that conservatives are threats to democracy. The speech was widely panned and criticized by some in the conservative movement as despicable. Biden's speech also noted that the assault against House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband and lamented violence and rhetoric that's supposedly embraced by extremist Republicans. However... It seems that MSNBC presidential historian Michael Beschloss may be embracing hyperbolic rhetoric of his own. After the president's speech, he warned that if Republican candidates win their races next week, American democracy and the free press could end and children could, quote, all die at the hands of a brutal authoritarian system, end quote.
2: Never before since Jamestown and Plymouth Rock has America been in such danger. Mm. Joe Biden is saying the same thing tonight. And a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say, what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away.
1: The Internet was quick to pounce on Beschloss. Jonathan Turley, a law professor at George Washington University, panned Beschloss on Twitter saying, so much for gas prices, the choice is now voting Democrat, or lining up your children in front of a firing squad, quote. The Washington Examiner's Seth Mandel ironically tweeted, quote, This rhetoric is so far over the line, I'm just glad nobody's putting him on cable TV, end quote. Meantime, former Missouri Senator Jim Talent joined the Salem Radio Network and says that Democrats are failing to convince American voters that Republicans pose any, quote, threat to democracy, end quote.
4: You need a high-energy, accomplished speaker to deliver it, particularly, you know, uh, the weekend before the general election. And I just, the president is not in that position, not anymore. He can't do it.
1: Talon says there's a reason President Biden will not be campaigning in states with many key votes on the line, and we will spend the remaining days before the election just in select locations.
4: Yeah, he's too unpopular. To bring him in, it just reminds people that he supports you and that you support him, and that's not a good closing message.
1: Carol Platt-Lebow, president of the Yankee Institute for Public Policy, said this midterm election is like nothing anyone has seen in decades.
6: You see it in the polling, you feel it in your pocketbook, and you sense it in your community. Something big is happening. It's not your average midterm. Oregon could elect a Republican governor for the first time in 40 years. New York and California Democrats are suddenly in competitive races. No one thought Texas Republican Myra Flores, running in a special election to represent a deep blue district, would be competitive. Biden carried the district by 16 points. But she won and could win again, hastening the movement of Hispanics toward the Republicans. The other woman to watch is the mama bear, perhaps in your home and certainly in your community. Suburban mothers are done with the radical agenda being forced on their kids. We could be on the cusp of a realignment election. Don't just sit back and watch. Make sure your vote and the vote of all eligible voters in your household is part of the final tally.
1: According to the National Retail Federation, getting consumers to spend money before this holiday season is going to be an uphill climb. On Thursday, the Federation reported they expect holiday sales during November and December to rise between 6 and 8% from last year. Which may sound positive, but it is a decline from last year when inflation is factored in. In September, inflation was reported to have risen 8.2%, which is still at 40-year highs. Back in 2020, during the height of the pandemic, holiday sales rose 8.2% to $777.3 billion. Last year, sales grew 13.5% to a total of $889 billion. With this in mind... A slower holiday season will most likely impact small businesses more than big box stores or large corporations like a Walmart or Amazon. To that point, the head of the Job Creators Network, Alfredo Ortiz, says small business owners are likely to vote Republican in next week's midterms, given that so many have been hurt by Democrats' big government policies.
3: Our members are are clamoring for change. I mean... They have been killed, I mean, during during COVID, after the pandemic, all the you know ridiculous rules, regulations that pinning them now.
1: Ortiz says his members are likely to vote Republican next week, given that many have seen their businesses damaged by heavy regulation.
3: And then inflation. I mean, inflation has been absolutely astronomical. I spoke to a, a, a restaurant uh, a tour who's a member of ours uh, the other day, And she said literally a box of lettuce went from $20 uh, a box to $90 a
1: box. President Biden continues pitching his student loan forgiveness plan, even as it faces more legal challenges. Daybreak Insider White House correspondent Greg Clugston joins us this morning with more details on the president trying to move ahead.
3: At a college in New Mexico, the president said the government is busy preparing to offer up to $20,000 in debt relief for millions of borrowers.
0: By the end of this week, the Department of Education will have approved applications of 16 million Americans.
3: However, a federal appeals court has temporarily blocked the Biden administration's plan after states and conservative groups argued the White House doesn't have the legal authority to broadly cancel student loan debt. Greg Clugston, Washington.
1: The onslaught of double-digit inflation across America has added a costly wrinkle on the path to the ballparks, swimming pools, and dance studios across America. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has details on this story that's having an impact on playtime
4: for the kids. It has forced some families to scale back the number of seasons or leagues or sports that their kids can play in any given year. Inflation is also motivating league organizers to become more creative in devising ways to keep prices down and participation up. Everyone from football coaches to swim meet coordinators are struggling to find less expensive ways of keeping families coming through the doors.
1: And finally, one woman found an odd place to get a new recipe, a gravestone. Rosie Grant is a librarian living in the Washington, D.C. area and came across the recipe while interning in the archives of the Congressional Cemetery and was intrigued. The recipe was for spritz cookies left on the tombstone of a woman named Naomi Odessa Miller-Dawson who died in 2008 at 79 years old. Though the recipe only includes seven ingredients and leaves no instructions, temperature, or time in the oven, the idea of making the dessert appealed to Grant. Her TikTok account, called Ghostly Archive, initially started as a school project, but became the home of her making these ghostly recipes and then taste-testing them. In this video, Grant says... She was sent a meatloaf recipe from a graveyard in Texas.
3: We're about to try a meatloaf recipe for the first time. This recipe comes from a woman named Beverly. She died and was buried in Texas. She had a recipe for meatloaf that was apparently so good, her own tombstone says she made the best meatloaf. The cemetery just sent it to me, so let's try it.
1: (laughs) Grant's verdict is put bacon on everything.
3: I had my doubts, but this is so good. When in doubt, put bacon on it.
1: Baking was never really a hobby Grant was into, but she now admits that recreating these recipes left by the departed has been a very fulfilling experience. So far, Grant has made about 12 or 13 of these recipes, adding that the response to her account has ranged from baking technique talk to the celebration of the lies of the late loved ones. If you want to take a look at some of the ghostly recipes, follow Grant on TikTok at Ghostly Archive. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or Salem podcast Network.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com.